Would you turn with me to Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11? Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11. If you don't have a Bible in front of you, you'll see it in the overhead, on the overhead behind me. But we're going to begin reading right away. Luke 15, verse 11. And the scripture says, And he said, this is Jesus, And he said, There is a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father or, or dad, Give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, all that he had, he spent every single penny that he had, right? When he spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was, lo he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. What a story. It is a story that we have heard played out in life over and over again, haven't we? In one way or the other. And if you've been on this earth for any amount of time, one thing that you know, that this is not just a biblical story, you see. The stories and the principles that we hear in Scripture is not just a biblical story, but for some of us, it is the life that we have experienced ourselves. But some of you may have had the fortune to never have experienced this in your life. And for you, we say, God bless you. That you've never had uh, any reason, either on one side of the equation or the other, to have experienced a child or you yourself uh, having uh, this discord between you and your parents. For you, God bless you. But for the rest of us, we muddle along experiencing life, the trips and the traps of our own personal proclivities as well as those of others. See, this is not just a story about how someone treats someone else, you see. This is a story about our relationship with God. I mean, it's in the Bible, right? The Bible is about us and it's about God. Even when we see the recklessness or the successes of people in Scripture, this is all God's story. He is the focal point. He is the center point of it all. So if ever, anyone ever asked you, what is the Bible about? You say it's about God and us. 
God being the main character. So here lies a, a lesson about this man and his two sons. And God wants us to learn some very, very important things today. So here in verse 11, he said, There was a man who had two sons, and the young of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that's coming to me. So, uh, and here's the first part of the outline. When we act in unreasonable ways, and some of you said that's not even a complete sentence. Well, just hang on, amen? Hang on. Oh, that's not even a complete sentence. Soon it will be. When we act in unreasonable ways, some people are so into themselves, they don't care who they hurt. This younger son, he made a demand on his father to give him the inheritance that was due him as if his father had died. He's like, okay, Dad, I need for you to give me, you remember that uh, when you die, uh, that your insurance policy was uh, $500,000, and you know you promised to give me uh, $200,000 of that money when you die. So, Dad, I need for you to give me that money today. In other words, it's like, uh, Dad, I want you to cash in on your insurance policy. It's like, well, son, uh, how can I cash in on my insurance and policy if I'm not dead? And his son would look up at him and say, okay. In other words, he was only concerned about whom? He was only concerned about himself. This son, he had no filters. And he spoke his mind. But he also obviously had uh, no fear or respect for his father. You see... Because uh, when you uh, respect and have reverential fear for your parents, this is a reflection of how you feel about God. Amen? Uh, I'll say it one more time. If you see uh, a child with righteous living who cares less about their parents, oftentimes they care even less about God himself. How could a parent raise such an immature and selfish child? How can a good child turn so ugly and so quickly? You know, maybe God said the same thing about Adam and Eve. Wow, I, I gave them everything that they needed. I, I, I placed them in the garden. I gave them all the food, uh, everything that they, they had perfect health. The air was good. There was no pollution. They could never hurt themselves. They had everything they need, but yet they decided to go against me. Yet the fear and reverence of God and the honor due our parents sometimes it gives way, as we know, to the shiny and the glitter-ridden objects that we find as we walk along the life. Uh, parents, uh, they try to lead their children uh, but their children always say, well, here's a shiny thing over here. And the parent says, no, 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 no. But they say, but it's shiny and it's glowing and I have to run to it. See, these things, they catch our attention. You know, flicking through the television, you're trying to find something to watch. But then you end up on something that you know that you should not watch. Do you keep turning or do you stop? 
So remember that this son, he made a demand on his father. As if somehow uh, the father was the child and uh, the child was the father. Have you seen that before? Have you seen, uh, I always talk about the grocery store, because I've seen in the grocery store a whole lot, right? Going to the grocery store and one kid wants one thing and they begin uh, to, to scream and to holler. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, just two weeks ago when I was uh, flying back from uh, Los Angeles, I was on an airplane and sitting before, uh, in front of me was uh, a mother, uh, one kid, and had another kid across the aisle and another kid next to her, right? And this one little kid, she must have been about nine years old, eight or nine years old, she was perfect. On the plane, as we, our plane was delayed, this kid was perfect. The plane took off, this kid was happy. As a, I was saying to myself, wow, this little girl is very, very mature. And then about an hour into the flight, about an hour and a half into the flight, all of a sudden she began to say, mommy. And then mom was in her own little world. And then she says, mommy, mommy. And she's like, what? Well, mommy, I'm just, she started, I don't know what she was complaining about. And she started her body like, well, well, mom, you know how kids do that, right? Well, mom and dad, I just, you know, they start all that little shaking stuff like that. Uh, sometimes when they start that shake, you need to just give them a little, uh, a little tap there to help, help get that shakeness uh, straightened out. Amen? All right, but this mother didn't do that. Uh, she just sat there, and uh, the little child, she had an iPhone and an iPad Pro, whatever the latest one, she had the big thing there. She had everything she needed. Uh, the, the little child said, I want a hamburger on, on the airplane. So mom said, okay, got a, a $12 hamburger. No fries. It was just a, a plain on. Well, it did have cheese on it. I mean, a little, you know, I was a little hungry too, by the way. I, I bought a bag of Cheetos on the plane with me. You know, I just, you know, I wasn't eating that stuff. I'm like, I got to have some. But I know I'm not buying a $12 hamburger. I gave the kid a $12, and I know how much it costs because the uh, airline and stewardess uh, said that that'll be $11.99. I'm like, dang, for a hamburger? Man, it better be really, really good. The girl only ate half the hamburger. And I just shook my head. When she finished, she started whining again. I'm like, Lord, it's taking everything in me not to say, because y'all know how I get sometimes. You know, sometimes other people, you know, they just, you know, other people drive you crazy sometimes. You know, you know, common sense things, right? And so here, this child, and then she begins to scream, and she's, I'm like, come on, you're on an airplane. Have that eight, nine-year-old shut up. No reason in the world. What happened that that child could turn so ugly so quickly? Because the child always wants something else. So this son made a demand on his father. But a good parent would know that if a child made a request like that, we would say, right? A good parent in our context, right? You and what army is going to make me give in to your silly little request? You're asking me to give you the money that's due you after I'm dead right now? Are you, are you out of your mind? And if you know the story, you know the answer to that is yes. Verse 12 tells us that this son 
not just wanted some of the stuff. It says that he wanted everything that was coming to him. And as I was thinking about this scripture, I was saying to myself, boy, if that was my child, I'm telling him, I'm going to give you everything you got coming to you, all right, and more. You keep on asking me, right? And in some cultures, some ancient cultures, and even some cultures today, for a child to ask that of a parent in this type of scenario would have resulted, as you can imagine, in the child being slapped in the face and being shamed in public. Today, in, in some cultures, and, and in some, well, we know it doesn't happen in our nation because if you do that, they'll put you in jail, right? Because you're trying to abuse your child. And if you're going to hit a child, you'll hit them in the face. And so, but in that culture, that typically it would result in that child being slapped in the face. Now, I'm not advocating that, amen? I know some of y'all are a little out there, so don't go out here and say, this is what Pastor Spencer said, go listen to the record, because he did not say that, right? That was an ancient culture. Wink, wink, right? <laughs> there are plenty of children we know who believe they deserve certain things from their parents. <laughs> and then when they can't have their way, they have their little manipulative spiel that they give their parents. And here's one. Have you heard this? Uh, maybe you haven't. Uh, 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 I didn't ask you to bring me in this world in the first place. I didn't ask to be here. You brought... Oh, I hope my father's not saying that about me. All right, amen. You brought me into this world, so therefore you better give me everything that I asked for. Right? This is what they believe, or this child believes, that this parent should give in to their selfish demands. And as strong as I know as most of you are, strong as I know that most of you under the sound of my voice is, someone gives in. Well, Daddy, can I have an iPhone? Okay, well, I'll just give you an uh, iPhone uh, with 16 gigs on it. Well, I don't want one with 16 gigs. Uh, how come I can't have one with 64 or 128? Well, I would get, well, why not? And you give in to that. And then what happens next, right? I got the iPhone, but uh, I need to have my own streaming account. Okay, well, we'll have one with the family. So, well, no, I want my own. They give in to that. If it's, not, if it's not the phone, then it's the video games. Right? I do like I did. One time, you've heard me tell the story that, that one time that my kids, and both of them are here now, so they can tell you, they can uh, corroborate my story, right, uh, that they got on my nerves so much with the video games and TV that one day I came into the house and I grabbed a pair of wire pliers and I cut the cord to the TV. That's what I did. I cut the cord to the TV. Play as many video games as you want to. Knock yourself out. And my wife, when I do things like that, my wife always thinks I've, you know, you know, I've flipped out a little bit, you know. And this is why oftentimes, you know, it's important that we learn how to parent our kids appropriately. Amen? Sometimes with our kids, we have to know when is enough is enough. But you see, our issue is this. 
God has gifted all of us with everything that we need. Not all the things that we want, but all the things that we need. And we tell God, I want more. We demand, of, and we may, not, we, we may not put it in those terms, but we put it in terms like, I'm deserving of this. And oftentimes we turn a blind eye towards God the Father, thinking that we deserve more than what we have. You see, these are unreasonable demands. And the lesson here, it's not necessarily taught here in this passage, but there is a lesson here for the rest of us. Look, if your child is not doing what they're supposed to do, then you need to start cutting them off one thing at a time. Too much TV? Cut the cord to the TV. If, because face it, it's either your child or the television. Or better yet, you know, give the TV to someone who doesn't have one. Have them to babysit your TV for like a year. If it's video games, get rid of the video games. If it's the phone, get rid of the phone. But what, what is my baby going to do in the case of emergency? The same thing I did when I was riding on CTA and my mother asked me, do you have 50 cents in your pocket to call if something happened? How is it you think uh, children, your crazy parents made it to this point? You see, how do you think they made it? It was by God's grace. The same grace that was available to your parents is the same grace that's available to your child. So look. So look. Teach your child to depend upon God and not upon the smartphone. Now I know it's hard, but you know, I didn't think twice about leaving out the house without a phone. Some of you, uh, people who are old who didn't have cell phones and things like that when you grew up, uh, you, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Did you think about, oh man, I got to leave the house. Where's my phone for? You didn't think anything. Well, I got enough money in my pocket, right? And if you didn't have enough money, you walked. Amen? And somehow, you made it. So here it is. When we act in unreasonable ways towards those whom God sent. It's number two. Towards those whom God sent. Verse 12b. And it says here that the father, he divided the property between them. So the father said, okay, let me get my stuff and let me give it to y'all. He went ahead and did exactly what his son requested. Would you? Would you? Would you? Would you do what your kid asked you? Even if they asked you a hundred times. I've told you this story before, that sometimes, you know, when I was a little kid, I was uh, pretty small. I, I would call my mother, I would ask her to do something, and she would just ignore me. And then I would go to our basement, that was, uh, we call it the dungeon, I would go to the basement, and I would, I would sit down there, and I would just say, Ma, 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 Ma. ma. I, literally, I did, it, I did it like for a half hour. Ma, Ma, and she would ignore me, and then finally, at about minute 29, minute 29 and a half, she would say, what do you want with me, boy? She just starts screaming. And I'm like, why are you screaming at me? I just, I, I just want you, 
it would, I know it would drive her crazy. It's just, you know, you know how kids are. So this father in the story seems a bit unusual to us. He went ahead and did what the son requested. Uh, to us it seems unwise uh, uh, because uh, who would give the child something that would relate to uh, your own death? To ask for inheritance in this context for a living parent is like saying, I wish you were dead. I wish you were dead so I can have all your stuff. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait till you die. Let me go, let me go, check, let me go check mom's pulse right now. Oh, not yet, not yet. Oh, let me go check it right now. Yo, mom, you okay? Put a mirror up to, uh, to mom's mouth. Oh, no, there's still breath coming on the mirror. I'm just, and you're only thinking about the stuff that you get. It's interesting that the father, he complied without any pushback. Why doesn't the father resist the young man in order to speak some sense into his life? After all, he is the dad and the son is young and, and unwise. He wants to sow his wild oats. And see, this is the thing about children, right? And this is even the thing about God's children. Oftentimes, we want to take our blessings and go do stupid things with them. We want to take the blessings of God and do stupid things with them. And the Lord is the same way with us. I mean, He gives us giftings again. He gives us abilities that shine very brightly wherever you are. Work, school, in your neighborhood. Uh, people marvel at how good you are. And they wish they can be as good as you are. Wish they can be in the type of families that you are in. But then some people respond to the Lord by ignoring Him except when they need another gift. You see that? Like some kids, they don't want anything to do with you until they need something else. Others respond to God by saying God does not exist. It's sort of the same thing. Like this child saying that I want the inheritance is like saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. This is the same thing of all the blessings. Think about it. Of all the things that you have been blessed with, maybe God has saved your life. Maybe God has given you a home. Maybe God has blessed you in a plethora of other ways, but yet uh, you act as if he does not exist. You want God's stuff, but you don't want God. It's like saying God is dead. The father in this parable, this is a parable by the way, it's a portrayal of God. The problem is that the son doesn't realize it. He is so stuck on himself, he thinks that he is the apple of his own eye. The most important thing in his life is himself. Come on, this young man, he should feel, shouldn't he feel blessed to have a father like that? We should feel blessed to have the parents that we have. We should feel blessed to have God the Father in our life who's willing to take his son to die on behalf of our sins all while we were yet sinners. But he was not interested in wisdom. Folks today... Some are not interested in the wisdom of God. They're only interested in sowing their wild oats today. So when we act in unreasonable ways towards those who God sent, here's the last one. We pay a big price. We pay a big price. Verse 13. 
Not many days later, the young son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. You see, ulterior motives, they oftentimes surface when there are unreasonable requests. Should we be surprised uh, by the actions of this son uh, to waste all of his inheritance that his, God, that his father had given him? Well, of course not. I mean, come on, we saw that coming a million miles away. Uh, you know that when a, a child asks for unreasonable things from their parents, we know beyond a, uh, of a shadow of a doubt that down the line they're going to get in big trouble. We know it. And we try to explain that. God tries to explain that to us. You know, you're, you're naked, you're living in sin, and you know down the line you're going to run into problem. and I'm trying to speak some sense into your life. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? But verse 13, this is where we get the word prodigal from. Uh, you don't see it in your translation, because uh, uh, at least in the ESV, uh, because in the ESV it says, in reckless living. But in the New King James Version, it says, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living, which means wasteful. The son lived in a way that was reckless, without thinking and without concern for his own future. <laughs> Have you ever wanted something so bad right now that you could care less what was going to happen down the line? I guess when you're living on the finances of someone else, it's really easy not to have a care in the world, right? When you're a child living in your parents' house and your parents is paying for your food, they're paying for your schooling, they're paying for your clothes, right? They're paying for your recreation, right? They're paying for the air conditioning and the heat in your house. They're paying for your bed, the comfort to keep the bugs out of your bed. They're paying for all those things that you take for granted. It's really easy to sit back in your ease. It's really easy for us to live our life every single day taking God's grace for granted. The air that we breathe, we, just think about it. How often do you thank God for the air that you breathe? I'll tell you what, not until you've gotten sick and you can't breathe do you realize how important air is and you thank God for it. I remember laying up in the hospital, all strapped up and because of having an asthma attack and my lungs were all out of whack and all this other stuff. And I came out of this medically induced coma, right? And I'm all strapped down and, and I got marks all over me. They beat me up in the hospital because they say I went crazy, right? All these things, right? And they got this oxygen flowing through me. And I'm like, wow, I actually could not breathe. And then I can feel myself getting stronger and I start thinking about the air. Imagine that. I was thinking about the, the air that you're breathing in now. I was thinking about it minute after minute. I'm like, mm. I was thinking about the air. You see, when God graces us with all these things, these little things like air, right? <laughs> these little things like shelter, these little things like finance, when God graces us with these things, somehow we take them for granted. And we want to take them all and, and have wasteful living Without knowing this, the son would uh, set a course that would lead straight down a road to destroying himself. As a parent or a person of experience, you know this. Again, we saw it coming a million miles away. So a prodigal person is one that begins to live recklessly with one vice, right? right? So we think 
Oftentimes when, when problems come, it's just this one thing. But oftentimes when there's one thing, there's always something else. You see, the son, uh, was he asking for the money? You know, uh, uh, Dad, I want to take this money and I'm going to go build me a house and I want to start me a family. No, uh, the reason that he made this unreasonable demand was so that he can go out and act a fool. God blesses us with his grace, and oftentimes we respond by acting a fool. This child, he wanted to fund his me, myself, and I campaign, right? And he wanted his, his father to do it. So Jesus now wants us to be clear that this young man has spent everything, looking at verses 13 and 14, says here that he did what? He squandered his property. See, that was enough. That was enough within itself. But then it goes on, it says, he spent everything. You get it? He squandered his property, right? And then he spent everything. Anytime uh, something is mentioned multiple times in Scripture, Scripture wants you to pay attention to that. So it says he spent everything. He had nothing left. And then after all of that, we find out that there was a famine in the land. He was in a strange place. <laughs> so verse 14 says, And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So the need rushes in on him like a thief. Right? He spent all this money. And now, where, how is he going to buy food? There's already nothing there. But you know, during a time of a famine, that if there's any food there, that one thing that you understand, that uh, that food is going to be super, it's going to be hyper expensive. So, uh, for instance, right, uh, you remember back in the 70s when they had the oil crisis, you remember how the gas went up, 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 people were in line because gas was shorter, short, short supply? Same thing happens, right? Imagine doing the Depression, the same thing. You normally would buy a bread, let's say, for instance, uh, uh, for a dollar and fifty cents, right? Uh, when there is a need, uh, that loaf of bread will cost ten dollars or twenty dollars. You see, now this young man, he has nothing. He's in need. Uh, he began, it says in verse 14b, that he uh, was in deep need. Why? Because he did not think about his future. Are you thinking about your spiritual future? You see, the normal process, when we think of our spiritual life, our regular life, is ready, aim, fire. Ready, aim, fire. A ready is our preparation. Aim is the targeting of all that preparation, and fire is the action. But the prodigal was out of sequence. What he decided to do was, let me just fire first. Boom! Just start shooting. Boom! 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 Uh, not getting ready. Not, not aiming. Just firing. Boom! 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 All over the place. His philosophy was, why wait for tomorrow when I can have everything I need right, everything I want right now? He had no preparation. No preparation means that your aim is off. What is your preparation for heaven? How do you prepare for heaven? Do you hope that when you die, that all of a sudden you're just going to be in heaven? No, it doesn't work that way. Unless you created something in your own mind. So now, this young man, he's able to look at his future and realize that if he continues down the same path, he will pay a very 
heavy price. You know, sometimes people have to hit rock bottom before they can step up. Sometimes people have to hit rock bottom before they can step up. Verses 15 and 16. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to, the, to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Number one, we know as a fact that, uh, that uh, the Jewish community considered the pigs to be unclean. Not only did they not want to be around them, they didn't want to eat them. Right? Different from us, who like our BLTs, right? And maybe some of you like TLTs, turkey, lettuce, and tomato now. It's a different society, right? right? Uh, but, uh, but they didn't want to be around pigs and hogs and swines. Uh, they didn't want to eat pigs and hogs and, and all the swine. But he said he was willing. He was so destitute now. He was willing to be with the pigs. You see, why didn't he say, well, let me get to my daddy first? You know how it goes, right? You know what? You know, I'm my own man, and if I could just figure out my own way, I ain't, I ain't going back to my father for anything. Go ahead, you be your own man, and you're going to be just like this guy. And then verse 16, it says that <clears throat> he went to, to feed the pods that the pigs ate. Uh, history tells us that these pods during this time, that even the pigs barely ate them because they were so bad. Think about that, that these very pods were so uh, jacked up that the pigs, it would make the pig's stomach turn. But you know, the pigs, they would eat anything. And so this uh, prodigal son, he says, I would even eat that. But what does, the, what does the scripture say at the end of verse 16? No one did what? Nothing. Nothing. Humiliation. There's no better word to describe the situation this man was in. Some would say he had egg on his face. Others would say, oh boy, I bet you're feeling salty now. What is the one thing that every Jew he would find disgusting? He would find that pig, all those things super disgusting. So what do you do for a wayward child that has set their minds on dishonoring you? all while living a wasteful life. You pray for them. Only God knows what's going to happen to that child. You don't want anything negative to happen to them. Now, one of the reasons this uh, parable touches our heart is because we can directly relate to his characters. I mean, uh, who has not heard of a child leaving home in a tizzy? Oh, you can't tell me anything, right? Right, I, I told you a story, he's here now, so I can tell the story again, uh, and I have to tell it, right? I remember the, father, uh, the one time, maybe my father doesn't even remember, uh, but I, I told him one time, I'm a man just like you are, right? And I, I remember I told you, and then when I, uh, that was on the Monday, and then when I got up off the floor on Wednesday, I said, I said uh, I'm telling mama on you, right? Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. This story is also relatable because it, we see in the prodigal son what we were before God. You know, what did it take for this son to snap out of it? At the end of the day, 
It is about us turning our backs on God and God calling us to turn back to Him. God is asking us this, this simple question. What will it take? What exactly will it finally take for you to come back home to me? Will you have to reach gutter status? Will you? Is that what it will take for me to knock like 20 pegs off you and your high horse? Or will you hear this message and say, you know what? No. Uh-uh. I want you, Lord. I repent. I'm sorry. And Jesus, I want you today. And for those of us who have uh, found themselves drifting and drifting from God, this is also a wake-up call for us to not to be lukewarm. But Jesus says that you're neither hot nor cold. You're trying to play me from both ends. Jesus says, absolutely not. Uh, that will not work. Will you return to the Father? This story is about God's relationship with us. This is what it's about. It's about God's relationship. Lord, we're fascinated that you would bring us here on this day to hear this. And Lord God, is great principles that we've heard in relating to our own children, Lord God. At the end of the day, this is about us and you. You calling us to yourself. So we don't want to take all the blessings that you continue to give us and turning our backs on you, but we want to turn towards you, Lord God.